before we get into today's program, I would love to thank our newest sponsor, Fireplace Transformations, California's premier fireplace restoration expert. If you have a fireplace that's just all right, these guys will upgrade it and make it look amazing. Welcome to the People Doing Good podcast. I'm Mariah Volk. And I'm Jerry Robinson. It's the, the laughing Jerry Robinson again. <laughs> you know what? Why not? It's, it's, it's time to laugh. You know, I, I enjoy laughing. You know, was, for those that aren't in Santa Rosa, Sonoma County, we have another red uh, flag alert. And what that means is when the temperatures get high, the wind starts to blowing, and then that means there are some, 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 some power short shut shutdowns coming along the way. And I'm just, uh, you know, I just decided to laugh at it instead of be all angry. But it is what it is. That's all it is. I got to live with it. We all got to live with it. So yes, yes, I'm laughing again. <laughs> well, I'm glad you are, and that's why you are my people doing good podcast co-host because we're out here trying to spread positivity and goodness and laughter by sharing the stories on our podcast of people doing good. And today our guest happens to be an old college buddy of mine from the Cal Poly days, Elizabeth Ralph. And Elizabeth has started a new podcast called The Spiritual Investor. And I listened this morning to her first intro podcast and it's wonderful. She's insightful. She has a very soothing voice, so much knowledge about combining spirituality with investing. And it's kind of a new concept for a lot of people. Um, 2020 is a strange year. And I think Elizabeth has a new way of looking at money and investing and might be able to help some people who could be struggling financially right now because of the pandemic. So please have a good listen to Elizabeth Ralph on the People Doing Good podcast, and we hope you enjoy it. It reminded me of my dad. My dad was, he loved his horses. He was a little black cowboy center <laughs> And I saw that picture of you. It just made me think about how happy my dad used to be on his horses. Oh, thank you for telling me that. I love it. Well, did you ever, did you ride? No, I was a scaredy cat. I didn't want to fall. It was too far to fall from a horse, but I'd rather go out for 13 or 14 years and beat my brain out in the NFL. Yeah, so anyway, you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you scared should. of falling. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry, I never knew that about uh, your dad. And you always talk about the cowboy hat. Now it's kind of making sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he was a black cowboy here in Santa Rosa, you know, and it was kind of hard back, well, back in the 60s, it was kind of hard because there weren't any other friends of his that were black doing cowboy yeah. stuff. So yeah. He had his moments, he had his day, and uh, like I said, I was so afraid of falling off a horse. I don't know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a scaredy cat, but I was like, I was so afraid of falling off a horse, but now I wish I had of taking that leap yeah. because I have a lot of friends that are into horses, and it's just, when they get on those horses and they get out at the beach or wherever it is, and in the sand or riding, riding around parks, 
they're just as happy as they can be. And that's something that I missed out on. So I appreciate people that love their, their, their horses. I do. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah. Long definitely. story. But yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, as you know, from your dad, it's a lifestyle for sure. You know? Yes, it is. It, it sure is. It's a, uh, it is a lifestyle. And, uh, we had two different lifestyles back in the day. And, but you know what though, I appreciate the love and passion that he had for, you know, for, 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 for being a rodeo. He was in a, he was in a, he was roping horses. He was he was in the rodeos. He was riding bulls, and wow. so he was really into it. And I just had a hard time trying to. That wasn't me. But as I got older, I realized I said, "Wow, this is what my dad loved doing." And uh, yeah, a little black cowboy here in Santa Rosa. <laughs> God, good for him. Good yeah. for him. <laughs> Normally we'll chat a little first, but we went right into it, and that was a great conversation, Elizabeth. Um, I don't know if Jerry and Charlene, our producer, know that you and I met back in 1994. Good job, because I had no idea. I was like, hopefully she remembers. It was a long damn time ago, that's for sure. 1994, I was 19 years old yes. at Cal Poly. We were both at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Yes. And we had oh, go Mustangs. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. We had some fun times back in the day. And uh -huh. reconnecting on Instagram, I've been following what you've been doing. Um, and I've been watching your videos. And when I heard that you were going to start your own podcast, I thought, well, we got to have her on to talk about her podcast. Yes, absolutely. And I love that. I love that you reached out to me. I mean, I've been following actually you for the last few years with this whole, you know, with the shoes, you know, the kids for shoes. And it's amazing, amazing how you're doing that. And the funny thing is like, it fits you so well. Like as soon as I heard about you doing that, I was like, oh, that's perfect. Of course, that's what Mariah should be doing, right? <laughs> yeah, Jerry and I started a couple years ago. We're almost 60 episodes in and it's it's been a, a great journey. I'm looking forward to, um, I did a little bit of research and I listened to your first one. I loved it. Thank you. And you have an awesome, very soothing voice, Elizabeth. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Makes that. me want to invest. Um, <laughs> so, so tell our listeners a little bit about what about your podcast. Well, you know, the podcast, to be totally honest with you, I kind of hemmed and hawed on it, right? I, I fell into that, oh, you know, you got to make this perfect. It's got to be fantastic, blah, blah, blah. And what I realized at the end of the day that that was totally going against my entire belief system. My belief system is, you know, you get it out there, you do the best you can. Maybe it's not, you know, uh, all crystal clear in the beginning, these things that we do, right? But um, it really, really uh, hit it on the head. It just came to me one day. I said, you know what? I am so rooted in just like spiritual involvement, just developing as a human being, just moving forward. Like how can we move forward and show up better in our lives for the people that we love? And at the same time, the market and investing and uh, how can we really approach that instead of standing on the sidelines, so many people thinking, well, I'm just not ready or that's not for me. You know, a lot of times people think, oh, well, wealth building is not for me or that, you know, they, like they don't identify with it. Right. So once I saw that, I was like, 
okay, how can I help people by almost merging these identities together and helping them sort of see themselves, maybe in my story even, because, you know, I didn't start out this way, right? I mean, I started out like, well, Mariah, you know me, right? I was just like bumming around college kid, you know, like when I started this process, I was like 15K in debt, like had a credit card debt. I was going out like buying a car, like, okay, can I afford the monthly payment? Like I just had that mentality, right? Um, and so now, so the podcast is really about how can I meet people where they are now and help them step into that bigger version of them, but use purpose at the same time, because honestly, the horses, I mean, my love for horses is the entire reason that I am where I am now in my money building journey, call it, because they were my momentum. They were like the magic carpet ride. And I think, you know, that's my goal with the podcast is to, is to help people see how can they start now, stop standing on the sidelines, start doing this now, sort of like what you did, Mariah, you just, it had happened, right? You had an event. I listened to one of your podcasts where you said that, you know, it was this one kid that came up to you in PE and it was just that one thing, right? But then afterwards, like what are the action steps that people need to take, right? Like how can they keep that, that momentum and keep that moving forward? And so it's really about helping people build, helping people do that. Yeah, you know, when we started our podcast, you're, you're referring to when I started the nonprofit Shoes for Kids, which yes. Jerry's the president. Um, and, and, you know, it just, I felt called to do it. And I felt called to do the podcast. It just was never a plan. It just came together. And it sounds like you're in a similar situation. And especially right now during a pandemic and during a time when a lot of people are struggling financially. Yeah. Um, I heard you say something about how, in investing, people are looking at a new world wearing old glasses. Yes. I really, yes. Um, I really feel like the way that we used to see investing and sort of the way that we were taught, you know, um, there was always kind of a middleman in the deal. I don't know if you remember, like even your parents talking about when they bought stocks and they invested in things like that. I feel like there was always this veil in front of it, kind of like subconsciously keeping people, I don't want to say away from it, but, but almost making it seem more difficult than it really is. The fact of the matter is the stock market is the largest wealth generating asset that we've ever seen, that we've ever known in our lifetimes, right? And uh, now it's accessible with a click of a button, but it's still, a lot of people still stay away from it because they feel afraid. They feel like, okay, what if I make a bad decision? They're afraid that they're that if they made a decision, bad decision in the past, that they're going to make a bad decision now. And that's a, that's one thing that I want people to realize is that you're starting from now. And really, what I mean by the old world versus the new world is look at what's going on right now in the market. If you look at what's happened just this this year in 2020 with the S&P, we've really seen five stocks lead the way. And those are our big tech stocks. You know, the rest of the, the other 495 stocks out of the 500 have really just done okay. So the new world is completely different. So even though the stock market is technically back 
to pretty much where it was before the pandemic. I think what people don't realize is it looks so different. It's like we've shaken the snow globe. And now there is, um, there's all of this opportunity now, I feel like, for new companies to come in that are going to be more focused on innovation. Before companies were focused on how do I need to structure things so that my stock price looks good? Well, now it's all about innovation and there are huge gaps in the market now because we've changed so much. Our, look at our life. Look at how many people are working from home, right? So the new world and looking at it with new glasses is really how do you leave behind the way that you used to look at things, you know, which we're already having to do in our life? How do you apply that to your money and to your investments as well? Because I know that the people who listen to your podcast are they're all about doing good things. And it's my opinion that you can do more things if you take care of what's at home. If you, if you get your own money house in order, then that positions you both financially and emotionally. It gives you more ease. It gives you more peace of mind. It makes you feel like, oh, well, if something else happens, you know, I don't, the people that I'm helping don't suffer, right? right? Kind of is that, is that additional layer. And that's, honestly, that's the responsibility I put on myself. When I decided that I wanted to um, build a path to financial freedom, I did it because I wanted to be better positioned to help horses. So it's the same theory as, you know, on the airplane, they say, put on your own mask before you help the kid. It sounds counterintuitive, but it really does work beautifully when you can incorporate those, those two things together. So I'd like, to, I'd like to help people use wealth as a way to get where they want and to help the people that they want or the animals or, or in your case, the kids. Elizabeth, let me ask you a question. Um, the biggest factor, the biggest thing involved here is fear. It is definitely fear. I mean, I'm listening to you and and I've experienced that and I go through it. And I know people that are, you know, in the market, this and that. And when this pandemic started and stocks started dropping, I had some people real close to me actually kind of go into a panic. I said, just sit tight. Just sit tight. You know, it always comes back around. But there's a the fear factor is enormous. <laughs> I mean, and how do you how would you help somebody to get over that fear of taking that first step? That's a great, great question. Um, I think a lot of the reason that we feel fear is because not because of the event itself. I think we feel fear because we are in our head about what it could mean for us in the future. So if I think that we can actually address that and change what that definition is in the future and their, and our relationship with it, like, for example, just, just, you know, playing off what you just said about, you know, the pandemic. So let's say in January, you'd invested a thousand dollars. Well, when the market hit the lowest point that it hit in March, you would have lost $350. Now I'm not saying that that's nothing or whatever, but that's, probably not going to put you on the street yet people miss out on the largest wealth generating machine in the world because they're they're deathly afraid of something now the market came back so that thousand dollars would have already come back and it would look a little different it'd probably be in different investments depending on how you had invested but 
it's fine, right? Mm -hmm. I think that people have to um, own the fact that they're not afraid of the market. They're afraid of all the other things that they don't have in, in line in their life. Interesting. I like that. And that's, and that's really what, you know, is, <laughs> you know, worry about one of the big worries is that I think some people have is when it doesn't go their way, when it doesn't, when that move that they make, it doesn't go their way. A lot of times people look at themselves as being a failure and you're really not a failure. You're not a failure. And it's that feeling of being a failure. Nobody wants to be a loser and nobody wants to be a failure. And a lot of times when people, especially when they step off into that stock market, because anything can happen. I mean, you know how this, mm. how we've been brand, you know, taught and seen the market this way, that way, there's a crash here, crash there. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they're taking a huge leap. And it's not just them that they're concerned about. They have families and friends and other people that might have something to do with this. And I think mm -hmm. that that fear of, of feeling like, you know what, I'm a, not that I'm a loser, but you know, I, I wasn't very successful at it. And I think that might have something to do with it too. What do you think? Yeah, it, I think it definitely comes <coughs> into play. Um, I think that the best investors of all, and if you really look at the legendary investors out there like Warren Buffett and Ray Dalio and all of that, um, the best investors actually strive for neutrality. They don't strive to be able to say, I pick the best stock or to hide the fact that they lost in the stock market, right? Um, I think going towards neutrality is the best way to admit to ourselves and to really see that the market is a tool. You know, if we get on a train and it goes onto a different track, you know, we don't blame ourselves. We know that the train is just a vehicle to get us to go from where we want to go to where we want to go. We also don't take credit for if the train got there an hour quicker. You know, we're we're taking it's our ego that's stepping in, honestly, and taking way too much credit. You know, if you bought Tesla because you saw it in the news and it did well, that's not you being a great investor. And if you, and if it loses, that's not you being a great investor. It actually says nothing about you. Now, if there's dollars in your bank account that you can go use to uh, do good things, that says something about you. So it's shifting our focus. You have the best analogies. I love that, the train. And then um, another one that I appreciate is, tell us about the snake eating its tail. Mm. Yeah. So I talked about this um, a little bit in the podcast in that um, right now. So we're seeing, we're really seeing a market that is, we're kind of all scratching our heads on, right? Because we all know, I think we're all feeling like we're like uh, on the ice pond, but we're trying to like stay around the edge. We know that there's like some soft spots in the middle, but, but you know, there's nowhere else to make, to make money. So, and wealthy people, will not, are not going to sit there and not make money, right? That's like saying that somebody's not going to sit down and have a nice dinner, right? They're not just going to let money sit in the bank and do nothing. So interest rates are so low, then where else to put your money? You're either going to go into so, um, private equity or you're going to, you know, go into the stock market. So the snake eating its tail analogy really is 
Well, you've got a lot more money going into the stock market. And what happens? Well, when you get more money going to the stock market, the stock market goes up. So low interest rates are actually sort of incentivizing that, right? At the same time, low interest rates are also incentivizing us to be more highly leveraged for companies to go out there and borrow money because the cost of capital is so low, right? Especially right now. And they're trying to you know, figure out, okay, what are my new ways I'm going to innovate, right? So then those companies are doing better. So then their price is going. So you see what I'm saying? It's almost like there's a buoying effect going on out there that I don't really feel like we are talking about. Now, does that mean that there is fragility in the market? Not necessarily. What it does for me, because I never look at like, I mean, I, of course, I look at the financial markets every day because I love it, but I don't make decisions based on what's going on daily. I really look at more of like the big waves, like what's the big economic factor that's going on here, right? And so I think one of the things that I hopefully can, can help people be aware of is that your investing and your wealth building is really about, let me push some chips over the table to this other side of the table, not the ones that I'm going to need to feed my family with, you know, don't go and like, feel like you're not going to be able to pay the bills or anything, right? It's definitely money that is going to help that you actually want to put out there to amplify and to make more, but it's not going to keep you awake at night. Go ahead and do that. But at the same time, have a cash strategy as well because we are seeing a booing effect right now. Volatility right now is pretty high. It's not as high as it was in March, but it's still higher than it was before we went through all of this. And I think we have some big factors that, honestly, I don't have to tell you guys, all the unknowns of 2020, and who knows if we're even done with them, right? We've still got some stuff coming down the oh, pipe up here. <laughs> there's more coming. Yes. In the next three weeks. Um, yes. So I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, my personal situation. I grew up in a household where we didn't have a lot of money. My father was following his passion as a musician, and it was all about follow your dreams, follow your heart. It's not about money. And so then I had this mentality I carried into adulthood that don't, don't wish for money, wish for health, wish for happiness, wish, you know, money is evil. Money's the reason we're politically divided in our country. Um, mm -hmm. and, and therefore spent a lot of my adult life repelling money just by my thought process that came deeply rooted from my childhood. Do you see that a lot with the people you work with that it came, it stemmed from something, you know, from the way they were brought up from the beginning? I see that a lot actually. And that's where I actually start with people. I think um, what I noticed when I first started this, so I started financial story two and a half years ago and, and I, I was this gung ho about getting people in and like looking at the numbers and all that. And then what I realized is that's not what people needed. People needed to come in exactly where you just said. So I spent the whole very beginning of it. We just talk about money beliefs and sort of where you are because the bottom line is we are all going around literally like money zombies right now, making decisions based on what we learned from our parents and based on the positive or negative results that we've created in our own life, which is also things that we've learned from our parents, you know, and one of the places that I start with people and I actually use athletics. So, you know, this, you guys will totally, hey. really get this. So 
um, one of the places that, you know, one of the things I talk about is um, we all understand in athletics, like we can never go higher than our highest level of training, right? And I think a Navy SEAL even had a quote around that at one point where like, you're not going to go out there and play baseball and then expect to be a professional baseball player, but you're not going to hire a coach. You're not going to learn anything new. You're just going to go to practice every day. You're just going to keep hitting the ball the same way that you did the day before. Like we, we psychologically get that, but yet when it comes to our money, what we do is we also never raise or go higher than our highest level of training. And then we go, well, how come I'm making these bad decisions? How come I have debt? How come I'm working 14 hours a day and never getting ahead? It's because you're, you're, you're not actually adding anything new to the pot. You're not actually going to that next level mentally. You have to go to that next level mentally and address the things exactly what you just talked about with your money beliefs, because those are what are driving your decisions. Totally true. And, you know, because of you, I had never invested before. I downloaded the Robinhood app. Are you familiar with it? Yes. Good. A hundred bucks. I chose like five different stocks. This is like a week ago. So now I'm totally obsessed with checking it every day. Well, multiple times. (laughs) Like right now it's down pretty low for the day, but it's like this, it's this fun new thing. It's a hobby I have. I love that. Oh my God. You just made my week. I love that. Yeah. It's fantastic. That's growth. Mariah, that's growth, young lady. That's what I'm talking about. You're growing. (laughs) Thank you, brother. You're welcome. (laughs) So with regards to the podcast, what's the plan? Are you going to do like weekly episodes? What's, what's the plan going forward? Yes. So I'm going to do uh, weekly episodes um, and really just base it on uh, a lot of the questions that I get from people inside of the program and sort of just trying to mirror that because I find that, you know, you get questions from, from one person, then probably a thousand other people are going to have that same question. Right. And just really, really try and like bring that forward and uh, take people from, yeah, kind of where they are similar to what you said uh, to doing what you did, right. Just go out there and, you know, start doing it. And one of my big goals with the podcast is to help people stop thinking of their money as something separate from themselves. Cause I think, part of the reason that people have money problems is that they, they keep their money at an arm's length distance and anything you keep at an arm's length distance, whether it's a relationship or whether it's your health or anything is going to stay at an arm's length distance. So you got to bring your money closer in. I don't care if you like that initial decision that you made. I don't care if it's hard to look at it, all that you got to bring it in close you got to change that relationship with your money and establish that new value set with your money. Because at the end of the day, money is simply an, a tool. It is abundance. And the more money you have, the more you can do. You know, there's a saying that says you can't give with an empty cup. And I think we all need to step up and take more responsibility that we can't give with an empty cup and that we need to step into our story now, you know, and 
honestly, Mariah, that story that you said about, you know, your dad being a musician and, you know, just let's like, it wasn't about money. It was just about health and, and happiness and, and all of that. So for you right now, the biggest thing you can do is tell yourself that story served me well then. And I fully respect and honor my father and what that did for him. But that story no longer serves me now. That's right. The story that serves you now, Mariah, is the one that you just lived into, the one you just stepped into and you became an investor. That's your story now. I love this. I, I love this. I love this. Your story is, is Robin Hood, the Robin Hood app. That's when you that's when you stepped into this new life. I think that's so awesome. Elizabeth, please tell everybody to listen uh, the name of your podcast and how they. Yeah, it's it's called The Spiritual Investor. OK, right. Yeah. And uh, it's really just merging the worlds of uh, spirituality, bringing your purpose and your desire, your intention to do good into your wealth building, bringing them all together as one so that we can sort of instead of keeping them separate, let's just do it all at the same time. You know, it's all connected anyway. And, you know, I love that this was all inspired by your desire to help horses. And on that note, I wanted to ask you to, to tell our listeners a little bit about Dutch. Oh, Dutch. Oh, he's very cute. If any of your listeners want some overload cuteness, go, just go to Instagram yes. uh, at Elizabeth Ralph. And uh, yeah, we're, we're posting lots of stuff about Dutch. And Dutch, you know, and I don't know if you found this, but you know, it's sort of like when you're inspired to do something, then what happens is all these things sort of start to line up for you and they just start to sort of magically kind Absolutely. of drill in. Yes, I know. Yeah, that. you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So that's exactly what happened with Dutch. I mean, we had, ha we had helped, you know, a lot of horses in the past. We've saved wild Mustangs from going to slaughter and we've provided homes for them to stay on the, on the land and things like that. But for some reason, this stinking cute little pony just won over our hearts and um, uh, someone that we didn't know, we knew her, but we, you know, not, not that well. She had been asking us to um, take this pony on and to bring it into, we have a training program that we run here at the ranch, bring the little pony into the training program and get him going on it. Well, he just, we never had the time to sort of fit him in and blah, blah. And finally, uh, my wife, Suzanne, she does the training. She was actually a professional racehorse jockey. So in Australia. So she is, she shares a brain with the horse, right? I could never do this. We are definitely a team for this. Cause I, you know, I'm more of like on this side of it and she's more of that, right? So finally we brought little Dutch in and he just started like everything we asked him to do. He was just like, he was like that kid that's always like raising his hand and like, teach me more, teach me more, right? And so we were like, wow, okay. Uh, so then we started filming him and sort of documenting the process. Well, then what we realized is this story is so much bigger than what we thought it was because the woman turns out she had actually saved Dutch. He was about to be killed the very next day. He was just a little pony. She saved him and she saved his mom. And the reason that she was so adamant about getting Dutch into the program is that she's getting older. 
And she feels a social responsibility to not leave this horse. Here she goes and rescues this horse. And she's like, well, what if he has no training? And a horse without training, um, unfortunately, has no market value. And a horse without training and no market value ends up at the slaughterhouse. That's just the way the, the um, math works out. Um, so we brought Dutch in and now turns out it is the highlight of her life. She comes over here every morning and just watches the horse. She was out there crying two days ago about just how now that Dutch, actually the sale of Dutch is going to go on to help five other horses. And it's just like magnified itself all because we just literally just said, okay, let's just do this all as one, right? Let's bring him into the program and do this. And so Dutch is a magnificent little thing that has is surprising us every single day. Dutch is sort of her Mike from Fresno, Jerry, it sounds like. That's what I'm feeling. That's I understand. Mike from Fresno is, is Dutch and Elizabeth. Really? Really? Yeah. Tell me about this. He's my little rescue dog. I took him in as a foster <laughs> at the beginning of quarantine and we kind of fell in love and now Mike from Fresno is my dude. <laughs> yes, you see. <laughs> not as, it's not as elaborate of a story as yours, but he's definitely made my life better. Absolutely. And, you know, we feel like, um, you know, this is probably like, sounds a little out there, but we, we feel like we're like a connection. Like the horses don't really have a voice. Right. So we feel like by bringing, you know, a horse like Dutch, Dutch is literally creating the momentum behind the scenes right now. We're just simply allowing that we're just the structure around that. Right. But Dutch is really the ones, you know, touching people's hearts right now. And Dutch is the one that's actually going to now we have other people that want to come in and sponsor horses like Dutch's like Dutch, right? People that want to help horses, but they don't have the time or their life isn't set up for it. Right. So then you'll get more situations like that where, um, you know, uh, there, there's 150,000 horses every single year that go across the border that don't have a home, that don't have a place to go. And so it's how many of those can we help? That's the work right there. It's helping horses, helping kids, helping people with money. Yeah. You know, yeah. we've done so many different episodes with different topics. And, and this is the first time we've touched on finance. Um, and I'm just so glad that you came on and were able to, to, share your insight because I love watching your Instagram videos and we'll add links in our show notes to your Instagram, your website, um, your podcast website, everything. So our listeners can share the joy and hearing you, you, as you start on your journey in the podcast world. I got a question for you. When you, when you yeah. left Cal Poly, yeah. the Mustangs, yeah. where did you go from there? Did you continue your college? Did you continue your education somewhere else or was, what's uh, happening? I came down to San Diego. So I pretty much decided that I really wanted to live in San Luis Obispo. I'm sure Mariah felt similar because it's beautiful up there, but I was like, I got to go get a real job. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. Okay. So I came to San Diego oh. and uh, I'm, I pretty much immediately went into finance. And so I went, okay. I went through a lot of the financial education and certifications and all of that. And so and what a I, horrible, what a horrible place to go to, San Diego. Oh my! It goodness. was awful. You know what, Jerry? <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool, dude. Thank you, Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate your guys' support on, uh, 
you know, uh, me and the podcast. And uh, I love what you guys are doing too. I was like, oh my God, all these episodes that you guys have done, highlighting all these amazing people. <laughs> now we are highlighting you, Elizabeth. You are making a difference in people's lives. Mm -hmm. lives. And that's what, that's what it's about, is being able to give back uh, to people. And I can see the smile on your face and I can hear it in your voice how you truly enjoy doing that. So, you know what, we we hit another home run today on you know, People Doing Good podcast with Elizabeth. That's how yes. I feel. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Thank you, Good I appreciate it. Good to see your face again, old friend. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the People Doing Good podcast. Uh, we really, enjoyed our conversation with Elizabeth and we hope that you follow her podcast too and maybe take some of her tips on investing because um I am as you heard my my Robin Hood what about you Jerry would you be interested in doing a little I'm going you know what I am going to check out Robin Hood that's a great idea and you know what listening to Elizabeth she was just so calm so smooth she was like water flowing down the stream you could just follow her and just listen to her and you know she's an amazing young lady and uh i truly enjoyed it and um i'm just happy that we were able to have her uh, on our show today yeah i think she's a uh, fantastic and maybe we'll have her on again sometime and i'm happy to show you the robin hood app jerry um, okay show 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 me i'll show you the way um okay and that being said another huge thank you to fireplace transformations our latest sponsor um, they will take your average fireplace and make it look real nice and fancy. So give them a call, Sonoma County, California. We will have info in our show notes to contact Fireplace Transformations. And last but absolutely not least, it is time. I'm drumming on my watermelon. For Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. Today's words from Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. A lie doesn't become truth, wrong doesn't become right, and evil doesn't become good just because it's accepted by a majority. Thank you so very much for listening to this episode of the People Doing Good Podcast. The Feel Good Podcast. We'll be back at you next week. The People Doing Good podcast is brought to you by Shoes for Kids. For more info, visit shoesforkids.com. It is created and hosted by Mariah Volk and Jerry Robinson. Produced and edited by Charlene Goto of Goto Productions. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment wherever you get your podcast media. Follow on social media at One Good Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Email us at peopledoinggoodpodcast at gmail.com. 